Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Post-NXT Takeover Chicago Podcast. It is May 20th. We're coming at you tomorrow night right after Backlash as well. I get the feeling this show tomorrow night might not live up to this one tonight. But uh, for those of you who uh, are new to us, go check out Fightful.com. We got forums, photos, videos, news, interviews, podcasts, all kinds of podcasts, MMA, boxing, wrestling. We got it. We're going to do a contest this week, I believe. You will see the official thread. We are going to do a Tom Phillips oh counter. And whoever gets the closest will get an autograph book from Edge. I am joined by three of my dear, close, personal friends. We'll start off left to right. He is the associate editor of Fightful.com. You can see him tomorrow night with me on the Post Backlash show. You can see him every Monday night with me on the Post Raw show. Alex Palowski. Alex, um, Eric Thames can go square to hell. That's fine. He's uh, he's my favorite, and I love him very much. And I'm wearing all Brewers stuff just to get under your skin. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, also on the show this evening, the host of WWE's Most Ridiculous. You'll see her on the sidebar of Fightful.com, where it says, Latest from Anna Bauer. She is also usually here with us on pay-per-view nights, but... She's super fancy and can't be here tomorrow because she has to do a shoot. A shoot. So she's not going to wow. be here. She's skipping Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal to get paid for something, <laughs> which, I mean, we pay her too. But also she is on the Tuesday post-Smackdown show. Anna Bauer. Hello. What's up? Anyone else's heart hurting a bit right now? Just me, okay. My heart feels great. Also, from the Tuesday podcast, as well as Shake Them Ropes, Jeffrey Hawkins. Jeff, hi. Oh, it was either this or Tinder. No, yeah, hi. How's it going? <laughs> Anybody watching wrestling? Huh? 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 <laughs> oh, this was a good show. Now, through, throughout this, you all will hear me interject some notes that I had from Thursday's live event in Highland Heights. I was there. That was a good time. Uh, thank you to everybody who talked to me, who saw me. That was very cool. Uh, me and my wife really enjoyed that show. That was neat. But NXT TakeOver Chicago, overall, I would say this is a pretty damn good show. We're going to get the thoughts from the panel as we go along. Of course, always, guys, check out our live coverage. And I'm starting live threads on the forums as well because I know some of you prefer that. Those will take off in no time. The, for the pre-show, I want to say Charlie Caruso kind of struggled at times, but She's not exactly used to this hosting format, so she'll she'll get more used to it, and I think she'll end up excelling in that role. No Alistair Black, no Cassius Ono, no Drew, Drew McIntyre on this NXT TakeOver Chicago show. Uh, Black and McIntyre did wrestle before the show, and 
I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I think Alistair Black is a breakout star. I think he can be something very, very special. But the benefit of being so loaded that some of these guys couldn't make this show is it leads me to believe that we aren't going to see six, seven, eight-month programs with like four or five rematches like we have at the top of the NXT card for the past couple of years. Alex, uh, what says you? Uh, I didn't get the feeling that we're we're going to be revisiting Itami Rude, which we will obviously get to at length later. No, that seems like a one-off to me too. Uh, they got to groom somebody to take the title from from Bobby Rude uh, over uh, the course of several months. I would think uh, they have three months to do it. You know, I mean, the next one as we figure is not until the SummerSlam. So you know, you got time until Brooklyn to do that, and also to find somebody who can beat Oscar, you know, do prove it through things that you do on your weekly show, that there are people out there who can beat your top two champs and then do that at a pay-per-view. I'm looking for that. Anna, uh, from this pre-show, what were you looking forward to the most on this show? Um, it was going to be the women's match. I also have a very special place in my heart for Pete Dunne, which was confirmed 10 times over today. Um, it was a great show. I feel like with NXT, with TakeOver, every single time, I feel like I'm going to see my sibling showcase or a big game or something. And by the end of it, I can only feel proud for what they've done. And I think by limiting the matches and not having Elsa Black, not having those kind of things, it just makes it all feel that much more special. So, yeah, not everybody's, on the card. not everybody's getting on the card. And the thing about NXT shows is if you're not on the card, it doesn't mean that you're worthless. Like some main roster events where if you're not on one of their pay-per-view shows, you're probably worried about your immediate future, at least from a booking standpoint. Jeff, did this show uh, live up to expectations? And what kind of expectations did you have going in? It's always weird because I'm I'm waiting for that time when an NXT takeover under delivers and it never does. It's one of those weird things where I'm like, oh man, can they really top this one? Can they, I mean, it's not that it, this topped every other NXT takeover. It's just they're always consistent in being quality shows that last for two and a half hours and don't get in its own way. That 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 to me, it, it's amazing that we, they've been doing these for what two and a half years now. Uh, in terms of in terms of these types of specials, and that the main roster never seems to learn from this. Yeah, yeah. Every every time it seems like we're saying, "Man, the main roster is going to have to step it up." They're going to have to step it up, and they never do. Mm-hmm. They never do. They never make an effort to to live up to this. This show will be the talk of the weekend. It won't be tomorrow, no matter what they do tomorrow. I think. Yep. Yeah. We had Roderick Strong defeating Eric Young with Sanity. Uh, Sanity's entrance, I didn't get to see it as well in San Antonio, but it's very underrated in that TV doesn't do it justice. Like, I don't know who could see Nikki Cross do her entrance live and then immediately not be like, I can't wait to see her wrestle. I can't wait to see what she's going to do. I, there were a lot of people shading Eric Young on Twitter, and I didn't get it because I, they were like saying that this match wasn't the ideal match to kick off a show. I mean, I listened to the crowd, and I'm thinking, they seem to be cool with it. I watched what happened in the ring, and I was cool with it. Strong attacked Sanity from behind, and that got a big, big pop. Those vignettes and this crowd made Roderick Strong look like a star. Nobody will ever be able to say that WWE at least didn't give Roderick Strong the platform to be an over character on NXT because uh, he did. But yeah, I, I, I thought this was a good man- mix of spots, cutoffs, action. Uh, there wasn't a lot of like working a body part or anything, but I don't see anything wrong with that. You can't have that every single match. Roderick Strong ended up winning crowd liked it uh what did you think jeff i love this and i think people shading eric young no offense are wrong here because this is what Mm -hmm. eric young's job is to be this this has to be tna stank or something on him that that fans just have that natural reaction that they don't like him for that reason i thought he was great here i loved his elbow drop this was the match for roddy strong he he beat a mid-card tag uh mid-card stable got rid of them all they didn't get in the way. He didn't have help. He pinned the leader clean. 
rolled out and outsmarted them. This was the match that Roddy Strong needed at this moment to uh, to to capitalize on the uh, on the vignettes that they did the past couple weeks. Yeah, Anna. Um, I know that you you chimed in earlier when I when I had mentioned it was a little weird that this match got criticism, but I mean, you know, ultimately, it all is subjective. But I thought this was a, an outstanding opening match. Sure, and it is all opinion, but I feel like a lot of it nowadays is complaining for the sake of complaining. I actually decided to not watch a lot of my feed during this takeover. And to be honest, it made it a lot more enjoyable because you didn't have this constant in your ear going off about things that aren't really important. These guys are giving it their all. And in terms of character, I think I just caught up on a two months worth of um, NXTs over the past couple of days. Those packages for Roddy Strong were incredible. And they really just need to let him go and do his thing. There's a point in the pre-show where they were asking him about, you know, what do you think about Young saying this about your family? And he, he just said, don't ever mention my family again. But even that, I feel like because it was scripted for him, it just wasn't as, it wasn't the same guy we saw in the packages. And there's still a little disconnect, but there doesn't need to be. Just let him go do his thing. He is incredible. He is like the ultimate baby face in the company for me at the moment, or one of them. It's the combination of the three-on-one, the packages, his presentation that just let him do his thing. And Eric Young, it's like he bathed his personality in dirt. He is perfect as this. People need to just calm down and appreciate Eric Young has a remarkable amount of range. Like he can, mm. he is such a versatile character that he can do so many different things and he can do it well, no matter what. I mean, TNA made this guy their world champion a few years ago. I don't know if he worked in that role, but everything up to it, I thought he did well at my concern with Roderick strong is when he gets in front of a crowd that doesn't make noise. That's when I see him not, I don't want to say lost because he's hardly lost, but I feel like he gets in his head still. Yeah, it, se- it seems that way. It seems that way. Alex, this this opener. What's up? This opener was was uh, was very good. It did, it did what it needed to. Uh, I I like the idea of um, sanity and Eric Young in particular being the gatekeepers for mid card baby faces. You have to get through them before you can move up move up the uh, of the card. If Ty Dillinger hadn't been brought up to SmackDown. Uh, he'd be at a higher place because he got through Eric Young, that kind of a thing. And Roderick Strong got through him faster, maybe because he learned from the mistakes that Ty Dillinger made. He was able to keep the the lackeys at bay on the outside strategically. It was good stuff. I love his new finisher because he can't do the sick kick anymore because now Drew McIntyre's got basically the same thing. So now he's got this amazing like vertical suplex toss into a backbreaker, lung blower thing that's just great like eric eric young sold it like a million bucks yeah yes absolutely let's keep going with roderick strong uh and i agree with you um i don't know who the next uh program for root is but it should be strong uh, i mean it should be i don't know what they're going to do as far as if they're going to you know put a rocket on drew mcintyre uh and see if they want to put it bring him up because to me that that's a guy who doesn't he doesn't belong in nxt as a baby face because he's too powerful, you know, like baby faces in NXT are underdogs. And then you have the heels who are, you know, guys at the top who the baby faces have to get through. And if Drew McIntyre is like, I'm coming for you, Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode is right to be a coward. And therefore you've lost your dynamic. You know what I mean? So um, I, I would love to see a, a strong versus Roode. Roode loses, Roode moves up, and then McIntyre slots in at the t- as the top heel and comes for Strong's title. That would so be you, really great you think you think it were they're going towards uh, rude and strong? Yeah, that, that's the only possibility for me at this point um, for for the takeover Brooklyn three. Um, the but but to me, and we'll get on this later. There are other matches that they have for uh, that SummerSlam takeover that I'm way more interested in watching than Bobby Roode versus anybody. Doesn't matter who he's facing. You know, Jeff, five words or less. Who is next for Roderick Strong? Drew McIntyre. Anna? Probably I would like it to be strong. 
Uh, special shout out, and I don't usually do this. Uh, my buddy Nick, who you all see in the forums sometime, found out he's going to have a boy and a girl. Shout outs to the infamous Charles. Mazel, mazel. Indeed. You fucking with my helmet, Charles. Anyway, next up. Oh, man. This was special. What What is rank? I, I hear somebody rattling something. I don't know what it is. Sorry, it's me and my excitement. Um, yeah. Cut, cut out the rattle. Cut out the rattle. I really, I really do hear rattling, though. Uh, this match, this United Kingdom Championship match, Pete Dunne defeated Tyler Bate. Hot damn. Hot damn. First off, I'd like to note that the O count was drastically cut off in this match as we had Jim Ross calling it. And it, that, that, I mean, that did nothing but help this match. The only like minor thing that I had, uh, like a couple things, an orange crush bomb, I see that. And I'm like, man, you got to finish somebody with that playboy. Then there was this spot where bait flipped out of a suplex and done like kind of watched him do the shooting star press. Other than that, I thought this was, just outstanding. One thing that I particularly loved on commentary, it's something that I chirp about a lot of times. Uh, Nigel McGinnis mentioned, these guys are kind of young. They're they're new to this, new to all the, the big crowd. And the more they win, the more money they make. Now, the thing is, on the main roster, Vince McMahon wants his guys to be portrayed as being above worrying about money. Like, they shouldn't worry about winning because they don't have to worry about money. And when you do that, you take a lot of the stakes out of a match. So uh, shout-outs to Nigel McGinnis for for uh, pointing that out. Tyler Bate had the damnedest airplane spin that I've ever seen that I bought as a finish. <laughs> I was like, damn, he's going to finish him with that. Uh, also, I laughed out loud at the ref begging these two to get their hands up when they were throwing strikes. <laughs> the ref's just standing there like this. Like, please, one of you, will you? This was just unbelievable. This was outstanding. This was great. Some people will say that they did too much, but they had the crowd for every single second of the match. So, I mean, that's, that's what you're going for. Anna, um, shower this match with praise. <laughs> um, I had tears in my eyes by the end of it, how good it was. <laughs> it's Covering wrestling the past couple of weeks has been, it's been a bit of the same. I found with our shows, we've been covering the same stuff. This match reminded me why I love this so much. I actually went onto my Facebook and said, if you don't understand why I love wrestling and you want to try and figure it out, watch this match. Because it was the psychology, the execution of it, the characters, insane. Pete Dunne just looks like the kind of person, I mean, he threw a child in a match a couple of weeks ago. I was half expecting him at some point to just nipple twist Tyler Bate. <laughs> he is just that kind of a person, and it works so well. I'm I'm in love with this match. I would say it's my favorite of the year so far, um, and I really think this should have gone on last because, oh, well, mm, okay, not so much having seen what went on last, but in terms of the women's match and the championship match, this definitely should have been after those. Yeah, it, I loved it. It was fantastic. I get the feeling Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton is not going to be as good as this match <laughs> tomorrow. Jeff, what what would you say if you were Vegas and you had to put a line on Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal topping this match, what would that betting line be? <laughs> Plus, uh, and a little infinity sign, perhaps. Um <laughs> Uh, it down. They're not even taking prop bets on it. Yeah, they're not even taking prop bets on that. Uh, I, I disagree that they did too much, if anybody has that criticism, because when you look at how this has to position the UK show on the network, and this is a hell of a debut for it. Um, this is the equivalent of the CWC final and what it could do for 205 Live. This match was absolutely fantastic. Uh you know the 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 reversal into the DDT spot is possibly my favorite thing I've seen this year. Um, and just in terms of commentary, Nigel McGinnis earned his paycheck here. 
because he was doing both play-by-play and color. And look, I know a lot of people are nostalgic for JR. I don't think he's necessary anymore. I think Nigel McGinnis was fantastic calling this match. You can give him anybody and he'll be fantastic. He was obviously geeked to watch his countrymen do this. This was the, I mean, and I'll admit I was wrong. I thought Tyler Bate had to win this match to keep establishing him as a star. I think this establishes the show as a star. I think it was fantastic. I think this match needed, it didn't need JR. I think it needed somebody besides Tom Phillips and Percy Watson. That's what I No, I'll agree with that. But Nigel was fantastic. Oh, Nigel, he usually is. He usually is. Alex, my wife thought Tyler Bate was 37 years old. Imagine her surprise when she found out he was 20. Uh, he is a man. That guy. Are we going to find out that you actually just turned 18, Alex? No, no, yeah, you're not. Uh, I'm I'm 37. You know who actually, who else is 37? Eric Young. So, yeah. like, if you if if Bate's 37, I'm 37. Eric Young's 37. There's a wide range. Uh, this was my match of the year. Uh, I said that, and somebody was like, better than Okada Omega? And I was like, damn, that did happen this year, didn't it? You know what? Screw it. Yes, this is my match of the year. This match meant more to me in the moment when I was watching it than that match did. That match probably probably was better. This match was every bit as good for, you know, 40 minutes less than that match or whatever, however long that was. But I also want to say Tyler Bates, one of the only people that I think doesn't, who doesn't look weird without knee pads. Right. No, he would look very odd. They would be so small compared to his giant monstrous thighs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, these two guys are great, great friends in real life, and that is not played up at all. This is not the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens story that's never been mentioned. Um, they talk about it in interviews they give, but it's never brought up. It wasn't brought up during the tournament. It wasn't brought up uh, on the special last night. It wasn't brought up tonight. But these guys know each other very, very, very well. Uh, and Dunn basically trained Tyler Bate for a while. So these guys put these guys went out and said, "Hey, you know what? This is this is our debut for a huge national audience for Chicago, like like this those kind of fans. Let's go out and kill it." And they did. Like I don't I don't know what they could possibly do for a, a an encore, but the rematch of tonight should be on SummerSlam, not Takeover. SummerSlam as the co-main event, if it's going to be anywhere near as good as this. Because, like, keep showing these guys to an even bigger audience. Put, let, them, let, them do, let them do a 10-minute match on Raw and see what the crowd does. Build it up for two weeks and put them on Raw and see what the crowd does. I, I mean, if, 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 it's the same kind of crowd that, that would have seen tonight. And they would have, I mean, these guys did everything. I loved the whole thing. I'm so proud of both of them. I can't wait to see where their careers go. They're 23 and 20. Like 15 more years at least of these guys doing amazing stuff all over the world. I can't wait to watch it. Well, I don't Alex, know if they'll be Alex, on... Alex, they're actually stable mates in progress, just to let you know. There you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they'll be doing doing it on SummerSlam or Raw, because it, it would appear that the UK situation is, a, is, a, is an NXT property, much like 205 Live is a is a raw property, but they're more than deserving. And yeah, the crazy I mean. thing is like Pete Dunn's the crafty veteran who trained bait and he's 23 years old. <laughs> yep. 23 years old. I just uh, want to add though, like I've been thinking for a while, I want to get into progress wrestling. I just haven't had any time. This makes me like, that's it. I'm going to go and start watching it. WWE is stupid. If they don't pick these guys up and put them on the main roster. Yeah, former uh, Fightful.com podcaster Matthew Riddle, the Progress Atlas champion. So yeah. uh, shout out to him. I wanted to add is they let the, the dastardly heel go over clean. He was smart enough yeah. to get out of the way of the dive that Bate thought he had to do in order to, to seal the match, brought him in, hit him with his finisher, one clean. When does that mm-hmm. ever happen on the main roster? Ever. Yeah, like and it was so. It should happen more often, but the fact that it doesn't, and it did tonight, meant it was so much more special. And that's why I somewhat disagree with Anna. I, I don't want these guys anywhere near the main roster. I like them in their own little world here in NXT. Look, I want them to make all the money in the world. I want everybody to make all the money in the world. 
But after watching, after CWC, what they did with 205 Live on the main roster, I don't want them to do that to the UK show. Agreed. By the time 205 Live had debuted, they had rendered that division to where I didn't want to even watch the program. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see where that goes. The tapings are going to be – these are probably – the upcoming TV tapings are maybe the most interesting NXT TV tapings in – God, I don't know how long because there are so many directions. We we basically know one program. We know like one program coming up, which is kind of cool in my opinion because I think I, I mentioned this on the Wednesday, the List and Your Boy podcast. Last year, I went to NXT and Highland Heights the week before the draft, right before they emptied the cover, cupboard. And when I went this week, it felt like that cupboard was restocked, and I was excited about where all these people were going to go. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun and just – name after name and it seemed loaded again i was like i think the least interested i was was in a cassius ono match and if that doesn't tell you uh, the the level that they're on that's that's pretty cool also his theme is absolute garbage (laughs) a trash fire you don't like oh no (laughs) oh Oh, no it's so bad like I mean, this is sandwiched right in between like Alistair Black and Bobby Roode and Sanity and Asuka. And yeah, that's pretty much what he had to do in there. (laughs) Also, I want to say No Way Jose's entrance did not disappoint. He is fantastic live as a show starter. That guy probably doesn't even need to be on TV ever again. He could work as a live event event starter for NXT for stuff like this. He'll be all right. What do we have next? Asuka defeated Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross. I saw a preview of this match Thursday, and it was also really good. A little note, none of the five NXT Women's Champions have uh, held that title any less than six months. So if, usually when people get this title, they hold on to it for quite a while. Nikki cut off Ruby Riot like really violently on a suicide dive attempt right out of the bat. I was like, sup, Monty Brown? That was cool. And Nikki Cross, there are not a lot of people in the WWE or or the world, really, who wrestle their gimmick as well as she does. She does, like, these random little things. Like, she'll get into strike exchanges, and instead of firing back with a punch, she'll just, like, jab somebody in the shin with her toe or something or, like, push them or (laughs) – like, it's it's so unique how she embraces that. Also, I appreciate these girls not bumping before strikes land like you will see every week on SmackDown Live where you'll see a babyface firing up for their comeback. And before a clothesline lands, a girl's already taken a bump. I don't know who brought that in. I don't know who taught that, but it's bad. It's bad. Um, To continue on the uh, Tom Phillips just pouring on him, I hope somebody in the WWE changes their finisher name to the O. So announcers can't call every move that. I will bitch about that until it gains enough traction. Make a change. Uh, maybe, oh, they no, get, maybe they can dub the Tom Phillips O into Cash's Ono's theme. Oh, my God. The perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. We Tesla got, coil I, of suck right there. We have some people who have done remixes for our shows. Somebody's got to do that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Man. Well, actually, they should dub Tom Phillips saying the O and Joey Styles saying the No! One, two, and <laughs> No! <laughs> Somebody go out there and do that. Oh, uh, there are endless possibilities with that one. There really are. Like New Kids on the Block and Lady Gaga. Like, there are plenty of opportunities for that one. <laughs> Uh, there was a really cool spot in this match when Nikki Cross caught Asuka in the apron. Now, this spot has kind of been done before, but nobody has done it better than what Nikki Cross did it. That was really cool. Asuka retains the title and another good match. Alex, this women's match, it was put in a very tough spot, and it delivered. Yeah, I got to go back and watch it a la carte because I, <laughs> I, watching it following that, it doesn't do it justice for me. I know they, I know they were – much much better than, but I was still in hungover and smoking a cigarette from how great that that match preceding it was. Uh, I I don't I don't hate the, the finish. A lot of people hated the finish. Uh, I liked it. Um, 
I, I think that that I I'm loving Oscar as super cocky, still kind of baby face champ. Uh, I love it. She um, tiptoes that line. Yeah. Um, um, there was a great spot they did with her on an episode of NXT where she was like didn't want to answer questions in a limo driving to the to the arena. Got that out was really nice. All her fans. as she walked away from the fans, she was like, "Oh God!" I'm like, "That's great." I love that character for her. And when she finally loses, if they build somebody up correctly to give her her comeuppance, that could be something very fun. Uh, and then you can have her turn and become that evil clown thing she was uh, in Japan before she showed up in America. Uh, have her do that for a while as a heel, you know? I mean, if they're never going to bring her up to the main roster, uh, once you switch her over to becoming a, a full-on monster heel, that could be great too. Like she did that for six months easy. Anna, what do you think of the finish? I like the finish. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, the only thing that I felt I wanted more from this match was something, something more from Cross and Riot so we have something to launch straight into in their program. I think it was a combination of following the UK Championship match and just there was just something slightly lacking with this, but at the same time I kind of can't really fault it for that because it did leave me wanting more from Cross and Riot, so I guess that's technically job well done because I want to see this program even more. Um, Nikki Cross and Pete Dunn, if they had kids together, they would be spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I hope, they don't, I hope they don't go the route of Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot just because Nikki's crazy. I don't want them to Bray Wyatt, Nikki Cross in that, in that regard to where, oh, she's crazy uh, so she can just attack people. And I think where she's sitting right now, it's perfect. The little mini celebrations every time she hurts someone is beautiful. <laughs> I think they work really well together. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this program. I just wish that they'd given us a little more reason to launch into it now. Jeff, it's your turn. I was a little underwhelmed by the match. Uh, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I think I, I was expecting a little bit more. It, it felt like it was disjointed at times. Um, and it's still, it reiterates how badly I want an Oscar Nikki cross one-on-one match between the two of them. Um, not that Ruby Riot was bad, but just three, three people in a match is always kind of a, someone's out there waiting and then they come back in. Um, I was surprised he didn't take the belt off of Asuka here because I thought the story was going to be both Ember Moon and Asuka kind of racing to get the belt off of whoever had it. That, that's the part that really shocked me a bit. Um, my dream match right now is still a program with Asuka and Becky Lynch. I'd love to see the two of them work together. But if Asuka, but this is where Asuka stays. Um, Look, I think we're going to get a lot more Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, which is fine. And I think they're just going to put Ember and Asuka in a build for SummerSlam. Do you, and, think, do you think Ember is the one to unseat Asuka? Because when I see her promos, I'm like, I don't know if this is the girl to unseat Asuka. I, I used to think she was. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I, I thought when she when, when I didn't they gave she her that her when they gave her that finisher, I thought she was the one that that's how it's going to end with with her hitting that. Now I'm not I'm not I'm not confident in that pick, but I still think they're going to do it. I think they should wait until the women's tournament is over and see if they make somebody special out of that. Because if you get somebody out of the tournament and 
you have them beat Oscar, that that could be yeah. big time. Like uh, I could see, I could see a Tony Storm blowing blowing that that tournament out of the water and just coming in and beating Oscar in a night and and being just huge for that division. I think that would be great if somebody ran through the tournament, then beat Oscar. That's a that's made woman right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna, do you think that Ember Moon is the one to knock off Asuka? And what program is next? Do you think it, it is Ember Moon? I think it is. I don't yeah, – I'm not convinced. I feel like they still haven't really found who she is or what – like, yeah, we get she's out for vengeance now. That was a nasty fall. But there needs to be something else behind that. There needs to be – She's not as strong as Oscar. She's not coming across as strong as Oscar. Did I lose you all? No, I'm here. No, I'm no. still here. All right, can you all hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. I lost Cheryl's audio for a second. Alex, before we put a bow on this, uh, since we've already kind of addressed that, what do you think goes down with Oscar at the next set of TV tapings? I think the the idea behind her injuring Ember, so Ember wasn't in a fatal four-way here, and Ember's promo about how when I come back, I'm going to be even stronger, that's all leading toward a build for the next three months of getting Ember in a one-on-one match with Asuka. And if Ember hits her super-protected finisher, she beats Asuka. But I, I'm not sold on how they're going to get from where Ember is now to where I'm going to be happy with Asuka losing to Ember, you know? Uh, so we'll have to see. I mean, NXT uh, has I, – I trust NXT almost as much as I don't trust the main roster with their storytelling. <laughs> so we'll see, you know? Yeah, I will be a weekly viewer of NXT. Probably, well, not as it happens, but, you know, I'm not going to miss anything with the, the roster they have right now. Somebody said – my statement didn't make sense because Oscar can't cut a promo in English either. Guy, you are missing the point if you are comparing the charisma of Oscar to that of Ember Moon. Bobby Roode defeated Hideo Itami. Shocker, guys, the old Impaler DDT gets it done. I've been trying to tell you all for years. Nobody wanted to listen. Uh, they didn't even try to top Bobby Roode's old entrances. And I want to say, I think that guy is extremely fortunate that Nakamura passed on that theme because that theme made him in WWE, uh, not not disrespecting him or his ability, but I don't think he'd be at where he is on this show without that. And I I do think Nakamura could have found a way to make that work for him. I I think that Nakamura probably could have found a way to make the fucking hokey pokey work for him, <laughs> but you know, I uh, the video close to that out there on the internet. Probably, probably. There, there was a tweet that I oh gosh, I wish I remembered who set who posted it, but it Tommy like whiffed on the back kick taunt <laughs> thing where he jumps over them and does that, and somebody says that kind of sums up his his NXT run. There were a lot of people speculating that. This could be Atami's last NXT match. Nothing founded. I haven't asked anything like that, but it's not been a good run. He's he's been hurt, but I I honestly think this is, this may be his one of his better matches on TV. And I didn't think it was that great of a match. I thought it was a decent match, but a few notes. Those new ring posts that they have sound really great when you throw somebody into them. Uh, that that goes a lot further. It's amazing how they can make those safer. And sound way more dangerous at the same time. We got a Falcon Arrow from Atami. <laughs> Thumbs up for that one. Thumbs <laughs> up for that one. There was some really good play with the steel stairs from both dudes, including that dropkick spot that you don't see every day from Hideo Atami. Uh, the hesitation dropkick in the corner was nice. Then Atami smacks the piss out of Rude. I totally love that finish where Bobby Roode hit the hit the implant DDT, held on to it, hit him with another one. Alex, what is Bobby Roode doing for you in this position? And uh, what did you think of Atami? This was really his biggest match he's had since being under WWE contract. Yeah, it's weird. I've been thinking about it. Um, I haven't been in love with the um, 
NXT main event scene since like early Balor and Joe before it got to be like them doing it over and over and over and over again. Honestly, I always hated Shinsuke Nakamura as as champ because nothing could touch him except for like, oh, well, he he hurt his knee in this match. So he's going to obviously shy away from all of his knee-based offense. Oh, no, wait, no, he's not, and he wins the match anyway. Yeah. All of that kind of just made me go blah. And then Rude and Nakamura's matches, I was like, ah, I could take them or leave them. They're, they're good. They're technical, but I didn't. Love them. They were never the match of the night. It's pretty much the. It's pretty much the grass is green as it pertains to Bobby Roode for me. Yeah. So, but actually, this tonight's match with Atami was my favorite Bobby Roode match on in NXT. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked everything he did with it. Um, uh, I, I again, I think that Roode is only so good as you have him as champ for a a baby face that everyone can get behind to chase him. And I think that's Roderick Strong. Um, so we'll have to see where this goes from here. But uh, I, I did love it. Is I, I want to say something about Tommy. His first injury, the one that they that they sold, is like somebody attacked him in the parking lot. Um, if that injury was legit, and if he hadn't had that injury, um, I think he was positioned to, to to go right up to the top of NXT. And then he was out for so long. When the time he came back, everyone basically forgotten about him. And then he got injured again. And it's just it's poor it's poor timing for him to lose all those things. But I, if he ever goes up to the main roster and let's maybe he won't. I mean, I don't know. But I, you have to answer the question for me. Who was the guy who attacked Tommy? That's the biggest cold case in all of NXT, and I need to know who it was. Just give it, even if you never do anything with it, please tell me who it was. Jeff, do you think they ever pay that off, or are we just supposed to assume that Kevin Owens did it? Because they do make sure that you see Kevin Owens going, that's a shame. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it was going to be Kevin Owens, I, I think. I think this match, everybody's correct. This was a Tommy's best match. This is a match Hideo Tommy needed. It needed to reestablish him as a badass. And, yes, that slapping, oh, it got me in the feels. I, I absolutely loved that. I, I actually I, I found it endearing that he missed that taunting back kick and then went back and did it again. Um, I think this did a lot for a Tommy because, look, he's the guy who got injured by Rick Moss in Largo, for God's sake. He needed this. Um, I hope he stays in NXT, and I hope he stays at the top of the card, and they kind of build up two or three guys to go after Rude, to be honest with you. I, um, I thought, And I thought the ending for Rude did a lot for his championship credibility. I, I'm like everybody else. Rude doesn't do a whole lot for me in terms of being a main event player, but kind of getting his butt kicked all match and then pulling out a finisher like that I think that did a lot for him and just kind of the uh, squeaking by yet still very good champ as opposed to kind of having the back and forth match that he was trying to do with Nakamura and stuff. I think that did a lot for, um, I think it did a lot for Root as well. So I, I enjoyed this. It wasn't my favorite match of the night by any means, but I think it did a lot for both guys. Anna is Bobby Root, the, the resilient champion doing anything for you. I think we got a lot more of his character out of this one. Um, there are a couple of spots I absolutely loved. The first, the dodge of the go to sleep, Rude runs out of the ring. The, just that look on his face is priceless. <laughs> and then after the second one, and then he falls out of the ring. That was fantastic. My question, though, is how many of the recent championship matches have we had that has revolved around an injury? Because I feel like it's been... It's like everything. It's yeah. a trope. They really need to kill that one for a while because it has just all the last few ones have just felt like they've bled into the same thing. This has been Bobby Roode's best. I think Atami brought a lot out of him. Um, I thought Atami was great, as believable as a man with a grudge and something to prove. Um, and it was good storytelling. I just think that there was a little too many gaps in the telling of the story. Where does Bobby Roode go next, Alex? I know you said Roderick Strong is what you're hoping. Uh, you, you stick into that. You think that uh, – because, I mean, Drew McIntyre's chilling. Alistair Black's not there yet. Yeah, I think you could do a really cool uh, McIntyre versus Black, like, undercard yeah. thing as, like, a like a back-and-forth series of matches to be the next number one contender. I don't know if they want to beat either guy, though. I know. Uh, or or a uh, McIntyre versus Ono thing would be would be fine with me too. You know, I mean, uh, I, I just 
if you're not building toward a, a strong versus rude program, I don't know what you're doing. So I want to see it. And I think that's what they're going to do. Jeff? I think Drew McIntyre is the next guy to face Bobby Roode. I think he's the guy that they have uh, fast-tracked for the main roster. They're going to give him some credibility. They're going to give him the belt. Main event, NXT Tag Team Championship ladder match. The Authors of Pain defeated DIY. (laughs) There's a funny spot early. Well, almost tragic. As DIY carried this giant ladder towards the ring, it almost fell over backwards, like onto all into the audience. I can't remember if it was Razar or or Occam, but whoever slammed Gargano on Ciampa's back, that was absolutely psychotic. <laughs> and I was terrified. There was a spot where AOP bumped their asses off for DIY off of the ladders, like <laughs> One fell on his back, and the other one's like, oh, yeah? You think that's impressive? And face-planted right into the mat from, like, the third or fourth rung. Then there was this really gross ladder shot to the face of Gargano, who saved Ciampa, which plays in to everything that's going to happen later. I mean, this was brutal. I hope they crafted the top of that ladder with, like, Nerf or something. I don't know. Hey, I'm sure they could. Not like you're going to use the top of that ladder for anything else. Then Ciampa hit a back suplex through a ladder, off of a ladder. Okay. There was also this spot where both men almost, pardon my language, fucking died as they jump off of a ladder onto each of of the members of Authors of Pain and then flip. But Ciampa didn't flip. He scorpioned. And, like, his heels were were rubbing the back of his head. It was gross-looking. Very, very lucky that neither man got injured, especially after Ciampa had a bit of an injury scare Thursday night. After the match, Ciampa turns on Gargano. It was a badass heel turn. We'll get to the heel turn momentarily. We've still got about 15 minutes left in the show, so we, we will get to that. Just the match, Anna. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I'm trying to put that out of my head. Um, I think Nigel McGuinness summed it up perfectly at the end of the match. He said about DIY, I think they'd survive anthrax. Um, yeah, these guys together are just, they were magic. And AOP compared, I mean, they were, they were good in the last match, but they really brought it. I feel they had the skills to bring it for this match. Um, and it was kind of like I made some joke about it's all fun and games until AOP comes to the ladder party. But it, it is kind of like, oh, cool, DIY's got a ladder match. This is fun. And then the two hulking juggernauts come through and smash the shit out of everyone. You're like, oh, no, this is serious. Um, okay, cool. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a great way to end the show. And we won't get there yet, but I was not. I, I thought we survived it. We didn't. Alex, but. Alex, the old talking point used to be that the Performance Center wasn't making anybody. Now, people were using this talking point about four and a half weeks into the Performance Center existing. But now they got some bro from Bellator MMA and he's 22 years old in Razor. They got a guy who was like, nah, I don't really want to do the Olympics. I'll just go wrestle. They put him together with him. And when when they first teamed up, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, they are they are a, a best case scenario, it seems, for that WWE developmental system and the performance center and the idea of mixing fresh developmental talent with people like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, who have been indie stars, people like Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder, who weren't indie stars but are polished performers. I thought Authors of Pain brought it. I thought the match was pretty damn good. What says you? I've been high on the Authors of Pain for a long time. Well, we're drug testing. Yeah, um, but I've, I've had a high opinion of them uh, to – go back on my original uh, phrasing <laughs> so, uh, for a long time. Um, 
I love what you can do with guys that size. Like the storytelling immediately is there. Jesus, how are you going to beat these two monsters? And then you build a match around that. Now, you can have a couple of lumbering, you know, stiffs out there that can't hold up their end of the match and the match suffers. But these guys aren't that. And they haven't been, even from when they were starting, they were, they've improved the entire time, but they've, you know, they were, they were not slouches to begin with. Uh, And this just proved that these guys can work. Like they bumped their asses off for like that backdrop spot off the ladder where the ladder splintered into a million pieces. Like that thing was insane. Like these guys are more power to them. I'm so happy for for them at this point in their careers that they're progressing this way. Um, Yeah, the the thing I love the most was that uh, Authors of Pain told the story that they were so big they didn't know how ladders worked. Like that was great. (laughs) That was so great. Like one of them would have to get on and the other would have to hold down the other end so why the, the hell are two people climbing i wouldn't pull the way back oh my god it was so great oh it was so great i love that and then but i also love how of course at the end once they had delivered the final blows to to Chepo and gargano they immediately remembered how to climb a ladder and did it in two seconds so that's fine um but i, I yeah i i love this whole match um was so happy with with how it all went down and they fooled me several times into thinking that champa and gargano were actually going to win it which is great. I'm actually thankful that they didn't do what I thought they were going to do when they were going to make the authors of pain afraid of heights. And that's oh, why they couldn't oh. climb a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, uh, to, just to piggyback <laughs> on what everybody else is saying, yeah, just to piggyback on what everybody else is saying, the, the, the spot for me that just gave me so much respect for the authors of pain and also DIY was, of course, the the dive off the very tall ladder on the outside onto ladders they were prone on. There is so much that can go wrong in those kinds of spots um, in terms of injury, in terms of controlling yourself. I, I was just amazed at that. I don't care if that ladder was wooden and it was gimmicked just for that spot. That popped me when they did the belly to the back off the, off the, uh, off the ladder through that thing. And the one thing nobody's mentioned yet, but just had me howling with laughter was the Paul Ellering spot. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know who came up with that thinking right there, but just having Ellering come in and just having him have that pause and just getting super kicked. I howled. I, oh my goodness. Did, did I laugh? so much at seeing Ellering. It wasn't really, you know, the most Keep forceful ladder. Paul Ellering, who looks younger than Tyler Bate. Yeah. Still somehow. He, 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 you know, it was a weak ladder push and then the ladder fell down and it was like the ladder didn't do what it was supposed to, so Ellering just kind of throws it. Oh my good! And then he just takes a super kick. Oh, God bless that spot. I, I loved it. I, I, everything about this match was... Great. Look, DIY, that's a perfect coda to their NXT career, and I'm looking forward to the feud. After everything was said and done, DIY are walking to the back. They get to the very top of the ramp, and Tommaso Ciampa does the turn. Attacks Gargano, then uh, delivers a knee. Then he, I I thought he was going to put him through an announce table, put Gargano through an announce table, that is. He hoists, (laughs) Ciampa hoists him up. And then they go through a set of tables even further down. And then Ciampa just sits there and stares at him. This Tommaso Ciampa is going to be incredible because Tommaso Ciampa is just fantastic at this role. Anna, I'm giving you the first crack at this one. I've had my heart will go on playing through my head the entire time since we've seen that. Don't cry, Anna. (laughs) We are getting Psycho Killer and I'm really really damn excited about this but my heart's also breaking and this is worse than all my breakups combined ever um so yeah not to be dramatic but that's how i feel um but yeah as much as this hurts this is going to be an awesome feud and bring it on (laughs) yeah okay jeff the Sicilian psychopath is back. Uh, kudos to the WWE production truck 
for putting the <laughs> NXT watermark up there, thinking that the show's over and having me click out for a second before I went back and went, well, maybe something's going to happen. And sure enough, I'm, I'm mid beatdown. I'm like, yep, there it is. Um, love the, I think this, I think this program is going to do a lot for Gargano as being a possible, you know, we, we talked all about Roderick Strong and Drew McIntyre. It might be after this program that they decide to, to greenlight Johnny Gargano up to the top of NXT because he has that, you know, Ricky Morton breakout star quality to him. And just anytime he gets beat up and he has that feisty underdog thing going for him, it's going to be great. It, 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 and, and it's beat down. <laughs> after he puts him through the table, he just sits on the other table, just kind of staring down <laughs> for a moment. I just absolutely loved that. I'm not sure if it made sense necessarily, but I loved it. That That's my only thing. It's like, he took a ladder for you. How are you going to explain that you were so angry at that, that you decided to then kick his ass after the match? That's, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the explanation, but I, but I loved everything about it. Well, I think that makes Ciampa look even more like an asshole. I'm being told yeah. that Ciampa might have an injury that's going to put him on the shelf for a while. Apparently Triple H just mentioned that. Alex, in oh, light of knee. that... The knee when he when he kind of uh, he kind of uh, it, yeah he yeah because they didn't play they didn't play into the match right Alex Sorry. if there's no Champa what happens with Gargano um <laughs> I don't know like honestly what, what what would you do like you'd have you, you, got, have to you got a bunch of baby faces and not a lot of heels right now you, you got to keep him off you got to have him sell this as yeah. being. You know, like, we have him do the live events, but you got to keep him off TV for at least a month selling this beating and until whenever Ciampa gets back. Uh, or, or have him come back from the thing, have him, have him do some, some cool underdog stuff, have him wrestle some heel, have him do a program with Andrade Almas, that'll be fun, and then, and then, uh, and then have Ch- whenever Ciampa gets back from the injury, take him out. That's fine. Um, they've, been, they've been teasing this breakup since back at the uh, Cruiserweight Championship match they had against each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote an incredibly long, detailed thought piece about how all they were all setting this whole thing up. I just tweeted it out. I wrote it back August 24th. Like, that's how long they've been doing this thing. Uh, I just tweeted it out. You can go to my Pulaski the Fourth and you can read this crazy thing. Like, Ciampa is perfect at this. The whole thing where he, where he, had, he had turned on him and he was thinking, should I have done that? And you have, like, Gargano in a broken heap in his lap, just kind of feebly reaching up at his former best friend. Like, what? why did you – I don't – and so, you know what? Now i got to kill you. Now i got to kill you. <laughs> I feel so guilty. Now i got to kill you. So he takes him up on top of the, the damn announce table. He looks down at him like he pities him, and then he air raid crashes him off the back of – this – like and then he sits there. My favorite part is him sitting on top of the announce table, looking down at his broken best friend. Like you piece of crap. Like I, I can't believe that I was ever your friend. Like that. This could be the greatest that this this could continue all the way for the rest of the year. Like read my mind when I end any podcast with you guys. Ugh. <laughs> them not. Them not. Them not tipping the heel turn at all is also a testament to the fact that NXT. Let's things, you know, they yeah. back off on the bit a bit. Yeah. And, and they never even, they never even hinted at this, which was pretty great. You mentioned the watermark before we went on the air, Jeff. Great touch yeah. to run the watermark mm-hmm. before the turn. Mm-hmm. Thought that was good. Yeah. Cause well. I assume, I, I assume there are many people who turned off as soon as they saw the watermark and said, that's it. Yeah. Uh, we are back tomorrow night after backlash. It'll be myself and Alex. And we talking about that gender. Randy Orton. <laughs> I, I don't even have it in. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in me. Uh, Jeff, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. At Crep Game Thirteen, you can also follow uh, at Shake Them Ropes. That's where my other show is. Anna. And at Anna Bauert, B A U E R T. And most ridiculous, also, you should watch that. <laughs> yeah, drops every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Except on, well, I don't know. Is it dropping? Is it dropping Monday this week or Sunday? It should be su- Sunday. Um, it'll be Sunday, sure. 
I gotta. Go. I don't want to go and promise something and then you then you message me tomorrow. I'll cry. No, it'll be, it'll I be, was it'll up be all. I was up all all night working on that that most ridiculous. Come on, Kangaroo Jack. It's going to be up in time. Now let's wrap up the show so I can go get back to work on it. Wow. Alex, we're having an office you? politics meeting here right now. Okay. Alex, where can they follow you? They can follow me at Pulowski the Fourth. And I just want to say I'm I, I don't I I'm so glad that I am not on Tuesdays to to, to come between <laughs> this brilliance. And I, I'm I'm glad to watch it afar. Well, you should probably be really happy because see, I know it's an ego blow to Jeff and Anna and you yourself, you've been a stage actor. When I come on this show and I bust out a great Australian accent like that. These three are like, shit, not only is he great at his job, but he's even better at my job than me. Like, he's such a fantastic actor. Like, how could he do it? And it's funny, so Jeff's like, shit, he's got me there too. And if you all want to get me, follow me at Sean Ross Sapp, at Fightful Online, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Wrestle. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. Let people know. Tweet out uh, on the Twitter machine. Go out there and say, hey, guys, I watched that Fightful podcast. It was pretty damn cool. Spell it like that. K-O-O. Because if you call it cool, I'm I'm probably not going to respond to you. Until next time, we're out.